The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. And hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, episode 652 of IGN's weekly PlayStation show, where we still continue to be able to talk about PlayStation 5 games for real. It is a real topic we can actually talk about concretely and stop hypothesizing about. Uh, so we're going to be doing that a bit this week, and of course, also talking about The Last of Us Part 2, because, you know, it's a pretty big game that just came out recently. Uh, I am joined this week by Brian Altano. What's up? How you doing, Brian? I'm good. I'm very good. I feel like I haven't been on the show in a long time because of IGN Summer of Games, but it's good to be here now. Also, a week is secretly two months. So <laughs> in 2020 games. time, yes, for yeah. sure. Uh, we're also joined by this week uh, by a very special guest, Khalif Adams from Spawn on Me. Thank you for joining Sadate us. Sadate on the tippy tie, everyone here <laughs> at Beyond. I am very excited to rock with you all this week. Uh, I'm I'm feeling very, very, really happy to, to chill. We're I'm happy, happy that we're we're kicking off a show with a Pootie Tang reference because I did not <laughs> expect to get that. <laughs> I, I did that literally just to throw off all the listeners. If you like, you oh, got them all except for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jonathan, perfect. please please watch Pootie Tang if you get a chance. I, yeah, I think I wasn't allowed to as a kid, and so I've never. Seen that, but yeah. um, Can't imagine sure, why. Yeah, be sure to. My cousin and my uncle would tell me about it, and they'd like make references around the dinner table because they knew I couldn't have seen it because my parents wouldn't let me, and I always felt. So I've never seen it. Uh, but be sure to write in your favorite Pootie Tang reference to beyond at IGN.com. Um, no, but for those uh, in the audience who may not know your work, why don't you give us a little bit of an introduction to Spawn on Me, your work in the gaming industry, uh, and yeah. Word. It is weird to say that I am in the gaming industry for almost 10 years now. I started off doing uh, a blog called the Small Point Blog uh, some years ago, then transferred over and switched over to doing a podcast in, over in 2013. Started in, and uh, and conceived with my friend Cicero Holmes uh, out in Chicago. Uh, yeah, we wanted to do a show called Spawn on Me that was about, you know, conversations around blackness, around uh, spotlighting people of color in the video game industry. And I think we've done a pretty good job over the past almost seven years now of, of servicing those conversations and, and having great guests and, and having good real deep uh thoughts about you know just the way the world uh, infects games and, and how it works in both directions so it's been a really interesting ride uh for sure well, and of course, I definitely would recommend, um, I know it's sort of how we started talking, of course, but if you haven't watched the Spawn on Me episode titled uh, Lesson of Blackness, it is fantastic and a, a wonderful, very necessary conversation that I really appreciate you and everyone who guested on that episode for putting together. And of course, the weeks before and since of that show uh, has been great to listen to. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, of course, we're, uh, we'll be talking about PlayStation this uh, week, as we do every week on the show. So I want to jump in and give people who may not know you or maybe who do uh, a little bit of your PlayStation history. Could you tell us a couple of favorite PlayStation exclusive series or games? Uh, sort of what's your history with PlayStation? Ooh. I mean, I'm I'm old school, old gray PS1, blue laser, Khalif, <laughs> uh, rocking uh, rockin', uh, uh, PlayStation gear. Uh, I'm a huge MGS fan. I love the Metal Gear series. Uh, Hideo is 
still the goat in lots of different ways, even though he tells the most convoluted stories in the business. Um, <laughs> uh, a big fan of his work, you know, big fan of the last of us series uh, and, and really interesting, or I should say lately, I've been really digging into dreams, uh, which has been something I've loved ever since I first got a chance to see it in 2005. Uh, so lots of different pockets in, in which I, uh, which I kind of get my PlayStation gaming in. I want to give a big shout out to a game that hardly anybody remembers and it is one of my favorite playstation games it was called 4am uh which was this music game that used the move controllers uh and you could basically craft music using and pointing the move controllers at the quadrants of your screen um so i think it was from q games uh and it was one of the best music generators on the planet uh so uh, if you haven't had a chance to check that game out you should definitely go look that up I will I will dig into that. I, I don't think I've ever heard of that game, actually. Or maybe I haven't oh, yeah. and forgot about it completely. But then, yeah, because like I remember like the the move controllers were kind of like side eyed, like the second the second they rolled out because yeah. um, it was sort of it was PlayStation's Wiimote, but with like a clown nose on the front of it. <laughs> and <laughs> it was. And then then we just ended up having to use them for like 15 years. But <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty fantastic. Basically, you couldn't see the crowd, but there was a visualizer on screen that would tell you if people were digging your performance uh, while you did your, your kind of machinations and movements throughout this throughout the space. Um, and it was great because it used all the functions of the move controller in a way that nobody else was doing it. So you can move back and forth and give more reverb, give echo. You can do all this cool stuff with it. But it never caught on because people weren't really down with music generation raiders back then so uh, right really really fun game i wish yeah that sounds like something i wish that was built into the music creation in dreams that sounds like that kind of goes perfectly hand in hand mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. um uh, speaking of the move controllers though and those uh undead nightmares that continue to be in our drawers uh 15 years later uh do you do you have any psvr experience or do you do you enjoy vr gaming in general because uh we have a we have a sizable psvr audience i think on the show yeah, I mean, I was a big Super Hypercube fan when I had my because I gave my PSVR away because I knew someone was was really excited about having one. And at the time, I wasn't really using it. So I gave mine away to, to a friend. Uh, but Super Hypercube was was huge. Um, I remember at PAX a couple of years ago, or maybe last year, who knows what time is at this point. Um, I got a chance to check out the Iron Man VR, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, a lot of people didn't give that thing a lot of love at the show, but I remember having so much fun with it and really feeling for the first time, like I was actually Iron Man, uh, while playing, while playing that game. So like, I'm really, I'm a big VR, uh, head anyway. I do that stuff. Mm -hmm. I did that stuff at my, at my real job. Um, so getting a chance to do that when I go home is also super fun too. Nice. Yeah. It, um, and Iron Man now is coming out in a week and a half. It's kind of crazy that that's finally here. I'm, I'm excited. Thing. I like the idea of your real job not being video game related and you just being like <laughs> standing somewhere where <laughs> you're like a, you're a supervisor on a site and you're like wait what was that? <laughs> this is the worst bank teller ever. Just like why is he not looking at me? He's not paying attention to me at all. His VR headset nonsense. Kind of money. I don't want Bitcoin. He needs to stop it. Uh, well, Jonathan, can we can we talk about the Last of Us? I'm itching to talk about the Last of Us. I haven't talked. I, I don't get to see people anymore. I don't get to hang out with people anymore i go on the internet and people yell at me for talking about this game i sorry Fine. to cut you off i just really want to talk about the last what what sort of show do you think you're on why no of course we're going to talk about the last i know one. i know i know <laughs> let's you know throw the, the very precise and specific run of show i build out every week uh no let's just jump into the last because it is definitely you know the biggest thing there's game updates that i definitely want to touch on but uh let's jump into the last of us let's let's spoiler free at first yep. and when we want to get into spoiler territory a little bit we can um of course we did a full spoiler free discussion uh when the review embargo was up a couple weeks ago so if you want more extended thoughts from uh simon cardi cardi excuse me janet garcia and mark medina they were all on that episode with me uh, as they had beaten it by that time but yes we we should definitely be jumping in because i know a lot of people have finally had their hands on it came out only four days ago which feels crazy but uh wow yeah 
since last Friday. Um, so yeah, let's both get your thoughts. Uh, Khalif, I want to start with you. Uh, you've beaten the game. You've uh, talked about it on Spawn on Me, but uh, give us your overall thoughts on it. Yeah, beat the game, put a review out. It's on our YouTube channel. Check it out. Um, it is, I mean, I think that Naughty Dog continues to showcase just why they are so good at what they do. I think they, they are masters of crafting stories. They're masters at trying to give you not only new characters to talk about, but old characters that you really care about and, and, and going through their character arcs throughout this game was fantastic um, and felt really um, the, it felt like they took the time to craft not only the story that they wanted to make, but one that they felt the audience would actually feel satisfied by, which I think is, which is really important. Um, it, it, it's so weird to not talk about spoilers after having talked about spoilers. Uh, you just did but, a big show uh, with uh, Alana Pierce, right? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. So did that last night, and it was we just went ham about all the stuff mm-hmm. that, that was in there. But it was, but, but I, to come away from the from the game with this this feeling that the stories that they tried to share were full and complete and rounded out characters in a way that I didn't expect, uh, while also giving you new baddies to kind of think about in ways that I didn't know that they were going to be able to do. Of course, with the combat being so brutal and, and the world being so fierce that added extra layers of stress <laughs> into that mm-hmm. game that I, that I did not expect to go in into feeling, but again, Naughty Dog, their writing is fantastic. They continue to world build in ways I've never seen before. And they are just like taking the games to new levels and maybe really excited to see what this thing is going to look like on PS five when it drops. Cause we know that that version is coming. Yeah, so I don't even know what this thing is going to look like if it looked so good on 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 current current gen. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's straight up like one of the most beautiful might be the most beautiful. I mean, in, in terms of um, like detail and density, I, I still think that something like Horizon um, and even to a lesser extent, uh, Death Stranding w- with what it does with minimalism is some of the I, I would say more gorgeous, vast open world experiences. Um but in terms of like the the moment to moment detail in this game is it is unmatched. It is unbelievably beautiful. There's, I found I found myself like gawking at little corners of it like crazy. Um, I actually wasn't the biggest fan of Uncharted Four. I thought that that game felt a little long in the tooth. When they first announced The Last of Us, I was like, I don't think we need this game. The first one was perfect. Um, I when they said that this is gonna this was gonna be their longest game yet, I was like, I kind of winced. I was like, Oh no, I don't want. I don't want this just to be long for the for the sake of it. Um, but actually having played it and finished it, I think I put probably 25, 30 hours into it. I thought that outside of a couple of moments and a couple of sections that were a little soggy and a couple of like this sort of like there's, you know, a hundred times in the game where you're kind of doing pretty similar things in terms of opening a drawer, walking in a room and mashing the button, hoping you can pick up items in the dark. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of circumstances where there's like a character's like the door is locked. What should we do? And you look up and there's like a window above and you're like, go through the window. And there's a lot of stuff like that. But for the most part, man, I, I really thought this was masterful storytelling. And I think like you, you totally nailed it. Khalif, like in terms of making you care about these characters, it really did that for me. And I know a lot of people, um, are avoiding this game uh, because of what they've read. I know a lot of people have preconceived notions about where it goes. Um, I think if you just read the beats um, on paper, it absolutely would be a disappointing set of scenarios. And I think they're almost justified and and apprehensive about uh, not wanting to drop sixty bucks on something that, frankly, like if you just wrote out the Cliff Notes versions of, it doesn't really sound that enticing. But I think just in the same way that like. I can't really get a lot from looking at somebody's travel pictures as much as I can go getting on a plane and doing that myself. Um, or just like reading, reading a couple paragraphs about a book or, or a movie or something like that. I think that this is one of those things that like, I, I really implore people who are even vaguely interested in this or, or care about storytelling in this medium um, or just awesome gameplay to check this thing out. Cause like you mentioned metal gear. Like I think this really takes that, like that, that, that quintessential like uh sort of blueprint of kojima classic stealth and just builds and builds upon it in ways that uh i absolutely adore especially as like a a horror fan like to take all that stealth stuff and and infuse it with like wretched horrible creature monsters like that is so completely my jam and it made me so happy like just to bring all that stuff together, man. Yeah. I just, I really, really, really like this game. I I could, 
I could get in a laundry list of nitpicks, but like top level is that I really love this game and I really urge people who are even vaguely interested in it, even if you've read the spoilers and stuff like that, give it a chance because like you, you can't you can't get gameplay from a from a GIF or like a low res meme that somebody put more muscles on. Like you gotta actually you gotta play the video game. Like that's really what it's all about. Yeah, it um, I, it's something I definitely, especially if you're someone who I think only heard story bits from pre-launch, not all of the leaks were true and didn't convey the full story. And some I think were specifically taken out of context to create a narrative that just didn't exist. Um, and so, yeah, and and when those things take place too is also important because I mean, yeah, some I think some people thought that some of those leaks were sort of the the end of the whole thing, and, and in other ways they're the catalyst in which creates the scenarios and conflicts that that move uh afterwards and i like people looked at it like it's the end and it's it's really just sort of the beginning of how everything else opens up without spoiling anything (laughs) yeah i kind of loved i kind of loved having had played this is one of those games where it was really nice to have played it before everybody else i'd done all the work to get all the spoilers out of my way muted every word on the possible planet that i could mute and then getting a chance to remember the conversations that happened from the two really important pre uh, pre-launch uh, uh, pieces of promo material when everyone had all these things that they were like, oh, they're going to do this. And, oh, that's terrible. Why would you do that? And none of those things really were <laughs> what actually happened. It was super yeah. satisfying in a, re- in a weird way. It was like, nope, you totally botched that whole thing that you were talking about beforehand. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, one interesting thing that I do want to bring up uh, th- that I almost feel like is a disservice to the game was some of that marketing push because they really did mm-hmm. focus in on the like, it's about the cycles of violence and it's about, right. you know, the terrors that we can inflict on humanity. And certainly in this time, a lot of that is, you know, very easy to draw parallels to. But I do think so much of the story that for reasons I understand, because they do want you to experience it. And like Brian, you were saying, it, it demands to be experienced and played through. But so much of this game is about love and the connections that bind us and not just the connections that grow out of anger but the connections that do grow out of our affections both romantic and platonic and familial and everything but all of the the love that we feel toward other people and how that can influence our lives um and i I feel like that it's so powerful when you see that play out this episode of podcast beyond is brought to you by nordvpn a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, yeah, I think it's like these are ultimately, it's ultimately a a story about um, how revenge can consume and destroy and, and rot us out from the inside and blind us to uh, things that, you know, are are detrimental to everyone around us. And I think a lot of people have been in situations where they're so focused on getting revenge on somebody or something um, that when they do finally get what they want, it's not what they want. Um, And also not really understanding how much they have to push aside uh, to focus on that. And I think that's, I, I, I honestly can't really think of 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 a video game that's that's done that in this way. Um, and that's it's a weird thing to do because this is a medium that is predominantly populated by sort of like kick ass hero fantasies. Like, is you don't really want like when when you sit down after a long ass week at your real job doing your real work or dealing with your family, your friends, stress, all this other crap. Especially right now, um, I think the last thing a lot of people want is sort of like a sad harrowing morose tale about revenge and um and violence and stuff like that uh but for me i'm one of those absolute weirdos that has always turned to significantly darker escapism in pop culture during dark times like i remember like the the weekend my mom like passed away i went to go see blade runner 2049 and like I was like, well, things are bad, but not that bad. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like that, for me, that's always been like a weird level of, of escapism. I also think that like, um, there's that, there's that movie funny games and the director of it, he made it twice actually. Like he remade and it's a story about a group of teenagers that break into a bunch of like rich people's houses and basically torture them and, and hurt them. And um, his whole thing was like, I'm going to tell you what this movie is. And if you still go to see this movie, then you're getting what you, what you're asking for. And don't be (laughs) mad at me. If I deliver the thing that, you know, you came here to see. And so that's, I think that like, I had a a sort of similar reaction a couple of years ago on the walking dead, when they started bashing in principal cast members in the head um, with a bat. A lot of people bailed on that show and never came back. And I was, uh, I stuck around for a while. I left because ultimately I wasn't crazy about, like, it just felt a little too samey for me. But uh, I, I was like, I was kind of appalled that people were so, uh, that, that people hated where that, where that went. Cause I was like, yeah. it's in the title, man. Like, you yeah. signed up for it. Like, the game's called The Last of Us. It's not really. <laughs> Like I had a guy tweet me and he's like, I wanted more adventures from this, this, and this. And I was like, yeah, but I mean, like maybe you should like, maybe there's a, there's a million other franchises for that. I think this, this one specifically is, is not, it's, it's finding hope and vigilance in the worst case scenario possible that just keeps getting worse. If, and so, if yeah. Only Naughty Dog had made another series of globetrotting adventures. Yeah. Allowed you to experience <laughs> fantastical stories that didn't really uh, change the, the scope of the world, but still were fun each time. It's a yeah. Shame really, I'm that. actually really surprised at how much we were alike, Brian, on this, because I am like a huge horror fan. And I was sad, like maybe a month ago about something that happened. And a friend of mine asked me to be on their show, which was a horror, horror related show. And I love horror porn, which, like, which one like super gore porn stuff, like all that stuff, like really, really terrible stuff that nobody wants to watch. Um, So I was like, I'm going to try to feel better about myself and watch the Poughkeepsie tapes. And he was like, what are you talking about? That movie is awful and terrible. 
terrible. And I was like, it does that thing where it's like, it's not that bad. It's way less. This is way worse than the thing that is in this space. Um, And it's also interesting because like this is a definitely a revenge tale in lots of different ways. But it's also an empowerment tale. Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people have really dug into because they're they don't have that idea or at least some folks in the community that I've seen have had like negative connotations about the 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 arc of ellie uh, are willing to see a woman be strong in ways that uh that we're not used to and being you know part of that revenge plot that we're not used to and i'm like you should go see i spit on your grave like that's a movie yeah. you should go see like and that's yeah. what i think of when i think of this 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 part of ellie and, and 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 the movements that she goes through and the ideas that she's having is this like i have a plan and i will do this and i'm going to do this you know kill bill did it some years ago again another fantastic revenge movie that that is that is uh you know has a woman at the forefront it, mm-hmm. it, it's a lot of little pieces that go along with that conversation but i think you know naughty dog for all the things that have been said over the past couple of years they still are fairly progressive in that way and yeah. I think that to me means a lot for the space. It means a lot for the future of the space. And it gets us to have way more diverse stories that we all want to care about and, and dig into. So I, I applaud them for, for, for going ham on all the directions that they went to. Uh, Cause I think it made the game better and it makes the, the space better. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I don't, I don't think every video game protagonist needs to be this sort of like wrought, deeply flawed, you know, horror victim of, of 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 society who is also like fighting with her own or his own demons constantly sometimes i do like to play like a super mario game where the dude just jumps on stuff and and yells wahoo <laughs> and cheers um but i appreciate that we do get something like this every couple of years uh and i like like you guys have said like they they they, they make uncharted they've made basically like seven temple of dune games at this point and they're they're all fun as hell you know um like I said, Uncharted 4 was a little long for me. That, that, that's like I have to point that out because it, it has been very difficult to talk about why I love The Last of Us 2 without people telling me that I'm a paid shill. And I have to point out that their <laughs> game right before this. I mean, actually, I loved um, Lost Legacy. I really loved it. But mm-hmm. Uncharted 4, like, I was pretty vocally like against that game. Not against it. I just like I, I wasn't super into it. And a bunch of people at naughty dog unfollowed me on social media. Cause it's like, I, they probably didn't want to hear my garbage. <laughs> maybe, maybe they still don't, but that's okay. Um, I'm just doing my job. I, uh, I think that it's really important that this game exists right now. I think it's, um, it, again, like I think to reiterate, I think it's like, it's, it's pretty sad how many people have made up their mind about it before, um, really digging into it. I also think it's like, there's sort of a damned if you do damned if you don't don't thing with um with any sort of female protagonist because if she's uh, sort of if she looks like Ellie um or Ray like she gets called a Mary Sue and mm. if she's strong she gets called a man and so there's really like so what the f- right <laughs> like so what right like so your options there are basically don't write female female characters at all because you'll never win, which obviously you don't want anyone to do. Um, or you just make the story you want to make and and hope it does well. And it's looking looking like it's shattering sales records. So um, I'm interested to see what happens once the the population at large gets a hand of this, uh, gets their hands on this, and and they see where things go. In terms of like Joel, like I maybe I played the last game wrong, but I I never came out of the first Last of Us game, thinking he was like the Game Facts video game character of the year or some shit, you know, like, <laughs> like that is it. Him to go discover Atlantis in the sequel. He was going yeah, to- I mean that. <laughs> that is a deeply flawed character that made yeah. an incredibly personal and borderline selfish uh, decision um, out of out of mourning for his own daughter with this, you know, kind of surrogate replacement that he picked up off the street and like his his choice at that at the end of the first game spoilers uh was to either save this girl who he would basically use to fill the role of his daughter who had been killed or um potentially uh risk her life medically to create a virus that would go on to save millions and his response to that was to shoot a doctor in the head (laughs) and so (laughs) there's a lot there there's a lot to unpack there and it's really hard to like look at that and immediately be like oh this guy should never get any comeuppance for that like (laughs) 
how he should go out is up for debate, but there's definitely he definitely deserves a little bit of comeuppance for that. Here's here's the weird part about that too, where all the folks who are super mad about it, like Team Mad is like in full effect right now. Like Team Mad is, is getting their, their their love right now. But the mm-hmm. thing that makes me that bugs me out is you are in this world where everything is trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. You can't go into any any world like that and not expect you to make an enemy at some point that's going to try to come get you. And yep. I think that that to me is the part where this disconnect between the folks who were just like, Joel, Joel didn't deserve to go out like that. And he, he went out and I'm like, have you not seen like, have you never wronged someone ever? And like had never expected them to be mad at you in a real way for longer than the small amount of time that you made them mad. Like this person murdered mad people. Yeah. <laughs> now, also so remove. No, uh, before, before going forward, I think let's say we're in full spoiler territory here. Okay. Um, just to be safe, Red, Red uh, our producer, I am not 100% sure if you have finished the game, so feel free to mute us. And when you see me doing this, you you can turn the volume back on. Just sure. assume the audio is working. Um, but yeah, I do, I do want to get into the exactly what you're saying, Khalif, because it's like he went on a cross-country journey murdering not just clickers but a lot of human beings and they weren't the only humans around so it is no surprise that they built a story around okay what are the consequences of that that adventure and it's not just their joel and ellie's relationship it is the far flung uh ramifications of their so the the thing i always say or the thing i've been saying or screaming internally (laughs) for the last few days um is to the people who are mad that Joel was killed so viciously. What would you do if someone shot your dad in the head? Like, what would your reaction be? Um, In 2020, maybe you would, I don't know, call the police. That's proven not to be the best plan. Uh, Like if we have, we have system, we, we have current systems in place in a quote unquote, gigantic air quote functional society functional world uh that routinely fail us remove those things entirely create a lawless land with (laughs) mushroom monsters everywhere (laughs) (laughs) somebody kills your dad who is trying to make the world a better place who is repeatedly shown in flashbacks in this in this game to uh, not only be a good, just man, but somebody who will put his own life in danger to save a baby zebra. <laughs> that man, that man is unceremoniously shot in the head by like a crazy dude, <laughs> just out of nowhere. Yep. What do you do? What do you do? You let it slide because that guy who killed your dad won the best character poll, Game Facts 2017, or. <laughs> Do you do you do you go out for blood? And, and I, think I think those people would. I think those people would would say, well, first of all, I'm going to change.org and make a petition. Second of all, I would like anybody who has human feelings would be like, yo, I might have to go do the National Lampoon's you know cross country trip and kill a whole bunch of people. Yeah, and like make it happen because that is the person who literally saved my life. Yes, they have made amazingly selfish choices. And those choices come to bear and those decisions and those conversations come to bear throughout the game. But at that moment, the person that you love the most, the person that saves you is murdered in front of you. Yep. Yep. In a brutal way. You mean they're just going to be like, well, you know, we should definitely talk this out. No, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, that's that's why it's so brilliant is intertwining these two perfectly justified in their own thoughts and passions and hearts uh, characters who are at war with each other and ultimately come to an impasse where they realize that decimating each other to smithereens is not enough and that they've almost lost everything in the process. They all, they took turns routinely making incredibly selfish sacrifices at the detriment of everything around them. Uh, some for distance, other for death. And the end result is this impasse where all they can do is start from zero and build back up again. beautiful yeah Yeah. no it's um i and i think we have to sort of get into the abbey of it all because that really is um i think the the masterful trick that this game pulls off is 
presenting this person as, you know, your assumed bad person, the the villain of the game. And then for half of it, you were them and you are forced to live through their life and understand this person. And at the end of the day, like the game allows you to say, oh, I agree with Abby's choices. I don't agree with them, but you, you experience them. And I think it does a fantastic job of making you understand and making them feel earned and reasonable. And I like yeah. the, the fact that the, this game is able to pull that off in half of a game that comes after one of the most beloved video game stories of all time is just speaks volumes about like their storytelling abilities and i think uh well on every facet of what this huge team has pulled off in the acting and the animation and the writing and the storytelling like all of that really boils down to the abbey of it all yeah those two those two characters and the few around them um i think there's a really strong core group in this game um and they're all really really well acted are I think far more effective at showing what it's like to navigate that that world violently and emotionally than say I, what I thought this game was attempting to do from the from the jump, which was to speak on violence as a whole. I think it's way less successful at that. I think that um, that moment we saw in that in that um, you know PlayStation thing a couple of weeks ago, where they showed her killing the woman with the Vita, and then yeah. she's like, "I shouldn't have done that." I counted after that, literally after that scene, I killed 34 more people and Ellie didn't say anything about any of them. And so like, I do think that there is a dissonance between like cutscene Ellie and gameplay Ellie and same thing with yeah. Abby. Um, and I think that ultimately comes down to the fact that it is a video game. Although a lot of that is contextualized by your own personal choice. You can sneak past a lot of the things in this game. I personally melee and slip throats constantly just because I, I don't know felt felt right <laughs> and like i said i'm a big horror fan like yeah <laughs> gotta give the animators their due it's like yeah you know i'd rather i'd rather like all that work you know i do all that work i'd rather slit a neck open or stomp on someone's head uh than shoot them uh when i have the choice or just sneak by them i'll sneak by them in 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 like a, a game that's full on stealth but this one like I don't know. It, I, like I said, like I, I'm, I'm vicious, dude. I love horror movies and stuff like that. Like I, I, I would, I would much rather do that. So yeah, obviously, you know, your, your manufacturer may vary or whatever. Like if you sit down and you play this game, you sneak by everyone and then Ellie kills someone in a cutscene. You're like, Oh man, I didn't do that. And that makes sense for you. But if you're going right. through guns blazing or like ships out cutting necks and stuff like that, then it is a little weird when she stops to be like, Oh man, I shouldn't have done that. But it's a video game at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, I think it, it fits the mood of the, of, of the game. It's, it's kind of, I'm not going to say it's the way to play it, but I get, again, like the, the ideas that are surrounding Ellie, her motivations to me make sense. The world impedes on you and, and, and impresses upon you this need to be vicious in ways that you kind of feel like you need to. Um, and that, and it felt good to be able to have that catharsis with the world that we have right now and the time that's spent with that game to feel like in a place where I feel powerless often to feel powerful through this character, uh, which was exactly what I was hoping for. So that was that was great. That's a really good way of putting it, because I actually thought the opposite would happen going into this game where I was like, this is going to be this is going to parallel our real life reality too much. Um but I think that you nailed it because it, it's having control over something um, I think has been incredibly empowering for everyone playing every video game during the pandemic because we are at so much um, sort of loss for structure and and understanding of what's next. And, you know, I think it's why people lobbed on an Animal Crossing so much because it's mm -hmm. it was a happy communal game. But you you could also, like, get a new room in your house. Like, I would pay all my money for one of those right now. Cause I'm <laughs> I've paced around the ones I own, you know, that I rent already enough times. Um, and so, yeah, that actually, that I, I'm totally with it. Same thing happened with me with this game, like having this sort of massive journey of these two characters uh, across these sort of vast, uh, you know, although albeit dilapidated lands was uh, really freeing and empowering for uh, like a, a dude, stuck in a two-bedroom apartment with like a wife and a toddler like it was kind of mm -hmm. nice to get out there and shank some throats <laughs> <laughs> love it well put yeah i i mean i do think it does speak to um you know i guess especially the first game i think gets most of its criticism for like well is the gameplay actually living up to the storytelling on that level and i think the thing that comes across for most naughty dog criticism is 
does the gameplay live up to their ambitions on a storytelling level? And I, I feel like in this game, it does. Like, I really do feel like the the layers to the combat and to the systems at work here, um, it's, you know, small touches like being able to jump or full go, uh, go fully prone. But so much of that stuff makes such a world of difference and it actually made me wish there was a multiplayer mode. Like, I, I know that they've talked about wanting that to come. But man, like the the level of variety you can get in any combat scenario. I was like, imagine putting this in the hands of just all human characters and watching what would happen. Dude, um, how many times did you walk into like a big environment and go like, ooh, this is going to be a really good multiplayer map? Yes. Like yeah. so many. I had that so a bunch many. of times, especially so the many. um. There's that there's that stadium. They built a whole stadium and then you just walk by like two goats and like a, a steak. <laughs> and I'm like, we're using this for something. <laughs> this is it makes me so sad that there's no MP in this game. Like I know. Because every like all the small details that was in the, the first multiplayer game, you know, the crafting feels better, the movement feels better, your ability to kind of like navigate spaces all feel better. So all those small refinements that they did uh, in between the two games feels like it would be so good in a multiplayer setting at this point uh, to be able to do that with all the other animations and with the new skins for all the other characters that would be in there like i, I want to be isaac so bad in the oh, multiplayer yeah. game oh, yeah. like, i didn't like, i didn't oh. realize that was jeffrey wright me neither until yeah. later and i was like yo jeffrey wright well, is killing it right now this is dope. Sh- shannon woodward and i uh, started following each other from we did like this animal crossing video together the other day and she was dina in the game and she she tweeted out a screen cap and tagged jeffrey wright and she was like hey it's like my, my friend from westworld and i was like oh that's right and it just this whole thing hit me it was like oh my god everybody was just at the top of their game in this game like the acting was even his introduction was awesome like oh it's so where he's yeah he's just like oh. yeah. yeah yeah he's a it's great character so good so it's good. a it's a really ga- great cast across the board um and I, I feel like they gave a really great attention to detail and time for all of these supporting characters so that you, even if they're not your favorite, like you understood their place in this world and what they were trying to go for and what their hopes and dreams and goals were. And it did such a great job of making like, man, that I cared so much about Yara and Lev during that mm-hmm. last bit of the game. Like the, the phenomenal work they do in such a short time is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, Lev Lev was really. I mean, it's it's funny because I'm kind of I'm kind of here and here on Lev. Like mm-hmm. I have I have triggers from the Golden Child uh, Eddie Murphy movie way back in the day, and I feel mm-hmm. like those two characters are the same character, and I hated that yeah. kid back in that movie. Um, I'm just dropping all the old school references today. Yep, um, <laughs> but it's but it's um it was nice to have that 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 play right where it's like oh Ellie in the first game was was the was the mirror of Lev. Uh, in in two, which is the the innocence is there. Yep. All those things that 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 bring that character to to, to full bay are are reasonable and and kind of sweet in a game that is not sweet in lots of different ways. Uh, yeah. So it was nice to have that small like layer of nice uh, in in the game too. So mm-hmm. yeah, love love was love was good. I I talked crap about him on the on the show previously that I did, but I I'm, I'm warming up to Lev the more the more I get a chance to play around with him. It's fair. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to revisit the adventure too, um, because I do think it will benefit so much from a replay. I actually kind of stopped myself because I was trying to go back for the platinum and I got stuck trying to find cards for like an hour and was like, mm. this is not fun. This is not why I, I'm playing this game and love this game. Right. I'm going to put it aside for a bit and jump back. But um, so obviously there is a ton more. I was so scared the connection was going to cut. And I'm not lying. Uh, there's so much more we could talk about uh, for The Last of Us Part 2. We'll, we'll end the conversation there because we'll have plenty more weeks to talk about it. And uh, as we figure out more spoiler casts and things, uh, Khalif, if you want to come back to talk more Last of Us, please do. Uh, but of course, just to talk about PlayStation. Um, we do have some other PlayStation news that I did want to jump on because we didn't get to address it on last week's show. And mostly it's that uh, PlayStation has been doing a few follow-up pieces of info to some of the PS5 reveals. They've done one on Horizon and one on Ratchet and Clank that kind of gave us a bit more information. But the big one, obviously, is with uh, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales because there was all this confusion that we touched on a little bit last week on the show of is it a standalone game? Is it an expansion? What's going on with it? So. As we recorded last week's show, we did know that it was a standalone game, but then they put out this feature video on it that gave us a little bit more of a sense of what we're actually getting here. And did did you guys feel like this was a good response to uh, that conversation that was happening, that um, unnecessary muddying of uh, the conversation around what should have been a really cool reveal? 
I think they did a really good job of covering their covering their asses. To be honest, <laughs> I think I think it was really smart the way they did it. They were like, "All right, so we we messed up with the with the black community, the brown community, because we basically made this like a side story, or at least we messaged it out like it was a side story." Everyone flipped their stuff and then was mad about that. And they came back with a really good, small, smart, quick and dirty explanation of though this is an actual full game. We're going to give Miles his due, and we're also going to put a black devil on this so we can actually have people have an idea that like yes we have people on the team who understand it get it and are going to be able to you know be folks who who understand the the impact of what this is for the community i think it was smart i mean it is one of those things where my my, my face was like mm-hmm. i see what's <laughs> happening here um yeah. but i appreciated it because one i think insomniac again like they do fantastic work i i don't have a a a feeling that there was ill will in the fact that they didn't share that out or the the, the messaging got muddied when they had that conversation um but i think in terms of you know cleaning it up uh for for the community so you did a lot of mess towards the end of it like it was smart they did a good job it, it was definitely, I think, the the best uh, way they could have handled it that quickly out of the gate. And I'm glad they didn't let it hang for too long and they did just jump right into it and address what was needed, especially because that game's coming out this year, which is kind of nuts. Um, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Khalif, I do want to sort of get your general impressions of it, because obviously it's arguably the biggest PS5 game that we're looking forward to right now for launch. Um, what, what did you think about the reveal and kind of everything we know about the game so far? What were your thoughts on the original Spider-Man? I loved the original. Uh, I was a little upset that there were no black people in Harlem in that game, which was really interesting, or at least from what I remember. I was like, gentrification in the game too? What's happening here? I think um, I think we talked about that on the on this show too. There was it was like they completely yeah they completely missed the point there. There was like, there was what? there was a I, there was like a breakdancing crew at one point, and I was like, okay, that's. That's sort of like a cartoon representation of Harlem. Yeah, it was. But you brought in the Harlem Globetrotters, isn't yeah. that enough? Yeah, I was like, I mean, if you're going to do it right, you got to do the Harlem Globetrotters Scooby-Doo episode. You got to do oh, that. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I love the first game. The first game was fantastic. Uh, what I'm really excited about, actually, with the second game is like, again, we're talking about the tech. The, you know, Cerny got on stage and talked about no loads. It's going to be huge. You're going to be able to expand these worlds out into ways that we've never seen before. To me, the game is going to be the game. Like, it's going to be gorgeous. We know it's going to be pretty and it's going to do those things that hit that Marvel note. Um, I want to see how the tech builds into all this stuff. I want to know how fast things are going to move. I want to know how big the, the, the world is going to be. It makes me really excited for the idea that with all this horsepower and all this memory and all these great SSDs and all that we'll finally maybe be able to go to the other boroughs which i think is really interesting too that was the thing that was always grayed out on the map and i was like i want to go to the bronx why can't i go to the bronx like this is freaking awesome and you have all this tech can we build this out so that that expansiveness that expanse is going to be bigger and move into other spaces so that's what i'm actually really excited about this is you know how the world building works in this how big can they go because i think with a a, a a team that has had hardware forever at this point we know they probably had dev kits way earlier than other studios uh, it's going to be our first look to see what we may see in other open world larger games that may be coming in down the pipe down uh, down the road so uh, i'm excited for it I'm, I'm hyped to see what they do with miles and, and see how they kind of incorporate him into the rest of the story do you remember when you when you would try to go to the outer boroughs in that game and there was the do you guys remember the boat people yeah yeah, yeah, there was that whole meme. I think they patched it, but there was that meme going around for a minute where you could basically swim into the water and or like get up near the boat and all the boats people were like these nightmare N64 dudes with like four polygons. Yep. <laughs> so hopefully the power of the PS5 fixes that. That's like a, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. No, the, the thing is about the first one was like, what were you going to say? That's what they put all their work into for this. Yeah. <laughs> outside. The, yeah. the first one was such like a uh, like it's it's honestly one of the I would say like best sort of like video game engine feelings I've ever felt like in terms of just navigating that that city was so much fun. Um, but to be frank, I don't remember where they hit all the collectibles because it was so manic just flying around and grabbing them. And so yeah. to be completely honest with you, if they were all right back exactly where they were, but it's been a few years, I probably wouldn't notice. Um, I hope they move them around. They said they're reworking the city a bit, so I'm I'm totally cool with that. Um, I really like the sort of New York City winter aesthetic, uh, minus all of the garbage that actually comes with 
New York City winter because people always forget. Like when you see when you see pictures of New York City around Christmas, it's always the snow is coming down. People don't realize. Khalif, you realize this because you live there. The, when the snow hits the ground, it stops becoming beautiful, and then it turns into. And so, Jonathan, you live there too. It turns into a, a, a four foot moat of just tundra and slosh and dis, just disgusting gray. It's awful. Yep. It's awful. Um, and so you won't have to deal with that in a video game. So I'm excited about that. It'll just be all the beauty of New York City at Christmas time without any of the part where your your shoes get completely soaked so no the, yeah. the ps5 haptic dual sense feel is going to trudge <laughs> through all of that dirty snow Ugh. as you walk through this new york that's right it's going to spit yeah. water in your face <laughs> <laughs> oh you wanted puddles we're throwing the puddles right in your face oh wow good throwback. Um, i love that as as we're wrapping up a little bit on time, though, wise, uh, Khalif, I did want to ask from that reveal event, were there any other um, exclusives or any uh, really just big games that were showcased there that really stuck out to you that really have you excited PS5 wise? I mean, of course, Horizon is, is there. I'm really excited about that. Honestly, really, one of the things I was really excited about that they spoke nothing about was the new camera. And that's the thing that I was like, oh, I want to know what that's about. First of right. all, how the hell am I going to put that on a TV? Because my TV's skinny. That thing doesn't look like it's going to fit on anything. And second of all, it makes me again like just think about are we going to get a PSVR two, which I think more than likely we are. Yeah. Um, so so that lets me to that kind of conversation in my own head to say like when are you going to drop that? Because then I'm going to jump in heavy when it comes to to, to PSVR two mm-hmm. and with the rumors that I've heard swirling around it. So yeah, it, the games look good. Of course, NBA two K uh, twenty one is going to be fantastic. It looks good. I always think of sports games as being the harbingers of what we what we're actually going to see from a tech standpoint. They usually are the best game to kind of showcase the new visuals in a game um so uh you know 2k is going to be the, what the thing that i'm really excited for when that drops yeah it uh it made it even stranger too that ea didn't really put any of their next gen stuff in ea play when it's like that would have been a really great time to show us what the ps5 and xbox series x versions of these games look like yep. uh but Unfortunately, we didn't get that. Uh, unfortunately, also, I know we're running out of time with you, Khalif, for this week. We'll have to have you back very soon. Uh, more Last of Us to talk about, but more PlayStation and everything. Uh, thank yes. you so much for joining us this week. I really appreciate it. Thank you, boys, for having me. I'm so sad I have to tip out a little bit early this week. It's because cool. Oh, world we'll is the world and, and work and stuff. But, um, of course, uh, this is one of my bucket list things. That I never thought that I'd be able to get on beyond and rock with two wonderful folks like yourselves. Uh, so, again, thank you, everyone in the IGN community. You've been amazing for all the stuff that I've been able to do with y'all as well. So I, I'm really excited to come back and, and, and chop it up some more. Khalif, thank you so much for coming on. I've, I've been wanting to do a show with you for like what, like eight years now, and we're just two, two <laughs> ships passing in the night. People miss it. Right before we started recording, we just we were just geeking out about like old music stuff for like forty five minutes straight. It was great. I saw um, you on one of the other boats, but you were only four Polly, so I didn't know. What you were doing. <laughs> the I was like, yeah, I think that's Brian, but I don't know because his face is kind of muddy in the way that everything works. <laughs> his head is just fully square. Yes. Um, well. With that, uh, thank you, Khalif. Where can people find you and find Swan on Me online if they want to get the rest of your work? Swan on Me is on all podcast platforms. Uh, we do our show live on Twitch every Thursday, 7 p.m. PST. Uh, we're on YouTube. We've been trying to push really hard on YouTube, so please, you know, go there, subscribe to all that stuff so we can get bigger over there. And of course, you know, we're doing some fun things throughout the year. We have our Spawn for Good charity event that we usually run. Uh, this year, we're going to be focusing again on getting the vote out for the election, so that's going to be really important for people to come through and and rock with that so yeah you'll see me online i'll I'll be around for sure absolutely and we'll be sure to have you on very soon again thank you so much for joining us khalif thank you so much thank you so much thank you so much to khalif for joining us this week definitely check out uh all of the great works bonami puts out uh every week uh go support them however you can they do fantastic stuff uh we'll definitely have him on soon uh sooner than later for sure um, of course, though, as we wrap up, I do want to mention, um, you know, Brian, earlier in the show, you were talking about how it's just so great and so rare to get something like so profoundly deep and dramatic as the story in The Last of Us and told so well as we do get there. And we're going to get it again this year because on October 2nd, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time is going to hit the PS4 and the Xbox One. <laughs> 
Um, I, I just have to mention, I know we, we don't have to go into a long diatribe. I just wanted to mention because I'm exceedingly happy about it. Uh, yep. We have a first gameplay look and details on the website that uh, Max and I did a convo about. So you can get a first look at the gameplay, uh, a bunch of new details. There's a modern versus retro mode thing happening there. Uh, it's made by the team who did the Spiral Reignited Trilogy and they do beautiful work uh, i loved the art in that game this looks just as beautiful so go check all that stuff out we'll have some more stuff uh, including some more gameplay on ign coming soon so definitely check everything out that we have going on with that game man but i'm very excited we, we uh that's such a perfect scenario i remember seeing the the remastered graphics and being like they have to be using this for something new or building towards something new and seeing that they are is really cool so they they sent you a puzzle so they sent yeah they sent me a puzzle uh, with one of so there's four quantum masks in the game that'll give crash different powers uh, and they sent a puzzle a little bit before they announced everything and it just was like here's a puzzle from your favorite bandicoot and there's literally no other information with the puzzle so at the time when i got it i was like i don't know what this is for uh other than crash uh and so like you know you can make the obvious guess that it's a, a new crash game but uh, you know we work toward the embargo after the fact so i i when i got that puzzle it was genuinely like a oh this is this is fun but what what's happening um and honestly after the egg for spyro and the the fuzzy dice that i got uh for crash team racing a puzzle was really nice because they've been like 200 dollars on amazon during shelter in place so puzzles yeah yeah it, the, who knew that stock in puzzles would be the thing to get in shelter in place times but uh yeah it was, it, true. was a, it was a fun nice start to this reveal that i really liked um but uh we'll we'll definitely be talking about that game more in the future brian sort of as we wrap up uh i was wondering have you been playing anything else obviously the last of us has taken up a lot of the time but anything else? yeah um just as i finished the last of us i was kind of poking around to look for something that was a little bit more kind of chilled and lighthearted, uh and i started playing this game beyond blue which um you might have seen recently in some kind of press conference shaped things um it um it's sort of like a hd ps4 version of a game that i really love the nintendo wii called endless ocean oh yeah. which is yeah it's essentially like an open world underwater exploration game um in this one you play a live streaming scuba diver who goes around kind of metroid prime scanning different fish and crawling through caves and swimming under uh, underground and uh showing off like basically finding details and putting together like kind of the story about the way the ocean comes together. Um, it's really, really beautiful and it's super chill. Uh, I think it's out pretty soon, if not now. And it's uh, it, like, it, it gets a little wonky at parts. Like, you know, there's a little bit of clipping when your character's kind of wiggling around uh, underwater in some caves here and there. But for the most part, it's like one of the most relaxing games I've played in a while. And I think like, totally in line with what we were talking about earlier with uh, with Khalif about playing something that's kind of uh open and free in an era where we can't really do that like i can't yeah. really go scuba diving right now not like <laughs> that would be at the top of my list anyway but um yeah check it out it's 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 like really uh kind of laid back and and gorgeous and it's it does that really great thing that like a, a game like that would do where when a huge whale floats by you and you're right there like there's a big power and presence to it and it feels really awesome and um yeah check that check that game out if you can because i think you would dig it especially you jonathan awesome. yeah no I, I i've seen a few like uh bits of gameplay and always been sort of interested in it but uh forgot to check it out i definitely will soon i was i was busy uh in the seas playing two other underwater games uh i reviewed battle for bikini bottom rehydrated and that's right. I, I did not love it and I gave it a five and everyone hates me. So that's about all I'll say on that game probably for now. Uh, and then I also reviewed, I, you know, uh, I, uh, I didn't review, excuse me. I played man eater over the weekend. I platinumed that. Uh, Ooh, you platinumed it. I platinumed it because when I beat it, I was like 85% done with collectibles. So I thought I eh, might as well keep finishing it. Um, yeah. I was super deep into that game, no pun intended. And then I got The Last of Us too, and I, I I switched over to that. Um, but I can't wait to finish. <laughs> it's, uh, it it lends itself to those puns. Uh, it's it's a really fun like 
frivolous game. Like I can't think of how else to describe it, but like, I'm so happy to have had it for a weekend. Then I played for like 10 hours total and I saw all yep. of it and it was just done. And it was a nice, like compact, quick experience. And it's, you know, like the character, the human character models look awful and there's like overly repetitive jokes. They just keep rehashing some of it, but like there is a charm and a fun to just being a giant shark and progressively getting bigger and finding all these weird secrets in the sea. Um, yeah. It's a, a simple but really satisfying loop that they get you on early on that I just kept following. I'm totally with you. It's like one of those things I've always described as like a video game ass video game where it's just, yeah. you know, it is not trying to beat you over the head with dramatic story and characters and stuff like that. That's actually what I like. It's It was really interesting to go from that to Last of Us to Beyond <laughs> Blue because they're, they're yeah. so disparate. Um, but yeah, I, I love Man Eater. I can't wait to get back and finish it. It's um it's it's weird to flank the last of us with two weird underwater games <laughs> yeah it's been uh for a summer where we can't go to the beach it's it's nice to be able to have the beach come to us <laughs> uh, and that's my cheesy line probably to wrap up the rest of the show um before yep. before we end the show i just want to genuinely ask because like i feel like we haven't talked a while how are you doing uh i'm i'm okay uh it's 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 been it's been a weird couple of weeks it's been a weird year um it's uh it, like on a personal level it's been it's I'm, I'm having trouble coming up with a lot of excuses why i can't take my kid to the zoo when she asks me about them every day um and so uh but we're trying to make the best of it i've been cooking a lot you know been like yeah. like uh, not not just like sourdough and banana bread just like kind of going all out i know you love cooking too so yeah. um i think that's one of those things of like having a finite sort of quadrant of control over something uh but yeah it's been good I, I feel like i'm i'm finally able to like reconnect with uh like video games again i think that there was a, a while there where i didn't have the attention span to play anything too heavy duty and now i'm kind of all in again and so that yeah. that feels good um we got an email saying we're probably not going to be back in the office until september at the earliest and so Part of that was dreadful. And the other part of that was, well, like, this is it, you know, let's make the best of it. And so, yeah, absolutely. you know, I'm and just trying. Yeah. How about no, you? It, yeah, it, it's been a weird month with especially summer of gaming. I think having the team so, so crazy busy um, that I, I felt the same way. Like the Last of Us review was sort of this like, okay, no, go back and focus on playing games for a bit and like be able to get back into the cycle of that. And especially with iron man coming next week and then ghost in a few weeks like it's it's nice to have so many of these big exciting adventures and really different ones to look forward to yeah um as much as we can't escape these rooms have been really welcome escapes at a time when they're really needed yeah and it doesn't seem like it like when you look at the um like if you go to like amazon prime and you go to rent a video or something uh the, all the new like the new it feels like the new movies basically just stop dead in their tracks yeah. Um like I went on I went on Rotten Tomatoes or like Box Office Mojo and those sites are just like Ugh. um Do you know what the number one movie was this weekend at the box office? Jurassic Park. Yeah. How awesome is that? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was on like 98 screens. It makes me so happy. And I think Jaws was like number 2 or 3 so Spielberg had a had a good weekend. Yeah, fi um, finally he's getting his due. <laughs> yeah, uh but it it does feel like video games are 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 still are still happening. I mean, the Ghost of Tsushima team put out this big sort of like cast team photo of like their Zoom like conference call. The game's gone gold. It's officially coming out. You know, they brought that game to the finish line uh while working from home and so it it seems like you know, we 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 we've, we've said a lot it feels like the world kind of froze in the place it was when this first happened in yeah, March, I guess. Um, and, but it does seem like that, uh, some of these, some of these studios are able to keep going, uh, or at least pick up and bring the baton to the finish line based on where they were in the development cycle. Um, and so I think it's all things considered, it's going to be weird to be like, what a great year for video games. But when we look to these things to kind of help us get through, uh, what is an actual living nightmares, uh, and a lot of difficult hardships for a lot of people, um, I think it's it's been really wonderful to have those things to count on. Yeah, absolutely. And especially now having a better idea that the end of the year is going to be filled with a lot of that stuff too. Um, mm -hmm. with so many announcements. It's 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 nice to see that fill out. And especially as life gets back to some sense of a new normal when people are going back out again, we'll see. Um, it, it'll be nice to have these 
uh, to continue to go back to. And of course, we'll be talking about them all on this show every week. Um, but I think that pretty much will wrap us up for episode 652 of Beyond. Uh, we're live every Wednesday on beyond.ign.com, youtube.com slash IGN Beyond, and your favorite podcast services around the world. Uh, again, I know he's not here any longer, but a huge thank you to uh, Khalif from Svalami for coming on the show this week. It was absolutely a blast to have you on. We'll definitely have you on again soon. Uh, thank you, Brian, for joining me this week. Of course. Um, any, anything you want to plug as we wrap up? Um, I hosted a six and a half hour long charity live stream the other day with Terry Schwartz, where we visited 15 different Animal Crossing islands of some really cool people like Shannon Woodward from The Last of Us and Gary Witta, Xavier Woods, uh, Felicia Day, Ego Raptor, just tons and tons of really fun people that uh, always wanted to work with. Um, and so we clipped out a bunch of those. Uh, if you want to see those individual island tours, they're all on YouTube. Um, so go check those out. They're only like 14 minutes each, and they're they're all really fun. So uh, yeah, give those a shot. Um, was pretty proud of that because we got to raise some uh, money for some good causes that day too. So uh, plus what everything everything going on with IGN Summer of Gaming, which is living up to its name of being an entire summer. It's it's been a lot, but um, it's fun. It's really fun stuff. So. Yeah, keep an eye on yeah. that. Yeah, the Animal Crossing stuff was fantastic. I was watching a few of them on the VOD on the YouTube last night, and they're such a blast. And I'm so happy you guys were able to put all of that together, but also be raising money for such good causes. Thank um, you. I'll yeah, also, it, was, it was really fun. I'll also mention on our side, because this episode will come out after that, uh, the, you may have watched the Marvel's Avengers War Table stream, which is the first time we've gotten a lot of information about that game in a long time. That game is also going to be our IGN first for this next coming month, which I am doing the coverage for. Uh, so check back this week. I believe it should be up uh, for more continued coverage. I went hands-on with the game, spoke to a bunch of the dev team, and we'll have a bunch more new stuff to come. That game was just also confirmed for PS5 free upgrade if you play it on ps4 so we'll definitely be covering that one in the weeks to come uh stay tuned for more on that but otherwise thank you so much for listening and or to watching this episode of beyond uh we hope you're safe we hope you're well and as always beyond beyond Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.